You're listening to We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering season two, episode 18, Hollywood Babylon. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about (laughs) Sam. string sitting on a rainbow got the string around my finger what a world what a life i'm in love i'll just cut it down it'll be just out of practice we are so out of practice wow i forgot what we said it's been a while. Also, this was supposed to be a combo episode, and clearly, it's not. Um, <laughs> not Is happening. anyone surprised? Too tired. Yeah. We'll do a combo for the finale. That's That's been in my notes from the very beginning. That is not changing. I am insisting on a combo for the finale. Alrighty. I love this episode. This is a great episode. It's also a very Dean-heavy episode. I was joking with my friends in one of my Discord servers. I was like, for the next couple weeks, it's going to be we need to talk about Dean. Because I don't know what Sam is doing for most of this episode. <laughs> He's off doing research in a trailer somewhere. And <laughs> ignoring his brother. Um, <laughs> so, just to jump right into this episode, I will love when we get a slightly, like, unique start to an episode um because we open on this creepy cabin in the woods we have a woman with her with a flashlight um coming out of this this creepy house calling for her friends and she hears some rustling and it like we get a little jump scare and it turns about to be some guy that she knows uh he tells her that two people are dead and he wants to get out of there um and she wants to find her sister i think uh, and he's like, nope, bye, bitch. I'm gone. Smart guy. Um, but don't leave people alone in the woods. Like, especially if apparently there's ghosts around. But whatever. <laughs> uh, he's a white man in a horror movie. <laughs> so, but the, the woman hears something rustling, and it rushes towards her. And then she does this, it started okay, and then it just tapers <laughs> off so awkwardly. And it's yeah, so her good. really weird. <laughs> so good i guess she just she wasn't feeling it and we cut away to reveal that the the thing that rushed into her face is a guy with a camera and a couple members of a film crew <laughs> yeah I, was, I like the intro it's such a good not opening. knowing that it's uh yeah like a film i love that slow first. reveal honestly this is kind of one of the longer um cold opens or maybe it just moves a little it's just paced a little bit slower i don't know um, but we are on the set of Hellhazers 2 The Reckoning, as we will later learn it's called. Um, and the director, Mick G, <laughs> calls cut. Um, and um, Tara Benchley, the star of this film, walks off set. And he, Mick G tells her that that was really great, but they're going to go again. And he, he wants her to dial up the scream. And he's like, yeah, I I know it, it sucked. I'm having trouble with the tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh no, don't worry. When the when the VFX guys get a, get done with that, it's gonna be absolutely terrifying. And she's standing there like, yeah, that really doesn't help me in this moment. <laughs> also, the director is a dad from Dog with a Blog from the Disney Channel. I never watched Disney Channel growing up, <laughs> but I thought that was really funny. Is it really? That's funny. <laughs> I used to watch that show. That's great. Sometimes. Oh my gosh. I love when we can recognize actors. It's always fun. Like, um, hey, it's dog with a blog dad. <laughs> Random. Yes. <laughs> so the first AD calls that they're going again after a 10 minute like reload for sound and stuff. Um, so Tara goes to sit by the actor who play who's playing Brody. Um, and that guy's talking to one of the crew. And this crew member says that he gets a weird vibe on set after rap. Like something is watching. Um, and they're like, uh-huh, Sure. And he's like, no, like, you know the stories about, like, haunted f- film sets? Like, it's bound to happen. I went, this, listen, when rap is called, I finish my work, and I get out of here. Um, and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, 
So we cut to a little bit later, and Tara's off practicing her lo- lines alone, like, chillily trying to, like, do it quietly to not draw attention to herself. The way she's practicing the scream, I, f- <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you poor girl. That must feel so awkward. Um, she hears, like, groaning, and she thinks that someone's trying to prank her. Um, but when she approaches some scaffolding, a hat falls in front of her, and she looks up to see the crew member from earlier who was talking about how set feels haunted like dead in the rafters uh with like a ghostly apparition that like flickers and disappears behind him uh and tara full-on screams and then i love i love this because we cut back to video village and the director is like that's what i'm talking about (laughs) like sir your star has just been traumatized for life (laughs) she will never recover (laughs) unless someone at some point told her that this the crew member didn't actually die. Uh, this is where we get our splash screen. I love that, though. I love the cutback to Video Village. You just hear her screaming and make G be like, yeah! <laughs> so good. Uh, and we open on a film studio lot where the boys are taking a backstage tour. Um, I don't know where they're supposed to be. Just somewhere in I was LA. ask if it was like Universal Studios. I think it's kind of going more for a little Warner Brothers. Yeah. But I don't really know. Um, but they passed the set of the Gilmore Girls. That was funny. <laughs> um, I love the close-up on Jared's face when the, uh, the tour guide's like, if we look closer, we might catch a glimpse of one of the stars. <laughs> if you are not aware, Jared's first, like, big role, um, in Hollywood was as Rory's first boyfriend, Dean Forrester, in the Gilmore Girls show. So, I think he's got appearances in all seven seasons, plus the... Um, like, little four-episode reboot they did. Um, so that's very fun. Um, (laughs) but turns out they are here for a hunt. Um, Sam, so Sam slips off this tour trolley and Dean's like, you're no fun. (laughs) Really, Sam, really, this is interesting stuff. Um, but Dean follows him and Dean is so fucking hyped. I I feel you, Dean. Literally, like He's when we did the lot tour, <laughs> when we did the lot tour at Universal Studios, we did it twice, and both times I was like, "This is the fucking coolest thing I've ever." <laughs> like I'm such, oh That'd my god, fun. I'm such a nerd. I love I've this. Never shit. gotta go on the movie tour before. Oh yeah, when ours was just the the one that we did was just the one at Universal, which is like all the old set pieces and stuff like that, and then That's they had cool, a stuff. um, they had a. Um, King Kong Skull Island, I think, promo thing for, like, their, in, there's, like, a little indoor section where you, like, go into this big, like, stage, and the trolley, like, locks onto the track, and so it can, like, rock back and forth, and then there's big screens all around you, so it looks like you're in the movie, which was really cool. So we got to watch, um, King Kong fight a T-Rex, which was fun. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I live for behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, literally, I spent $300 on the Supernatural box set so that I could have all the behind-the-scenes stuff. That's the best part of the DVD Yeah. Dean, in this whole episode, is a gigantic mood. (laughs) I love him. Um, So the boys are headed for stage nine, though, and we learned that Dean convinced Sam to come to Los Angeles to, like, take a break after Madison's death, and Sam is like, nope, found us a job. (laughs) Because Sam doesn't know how to take a break. Um, and he explains that there are some online rumors that this scent is haunted. Um, and Dean brings up Poltergeist, which is, I think was one of the most iconic, like, famous haunted sets. Um, and he, he asks about the victim, but Sam's like, I don't really know. There's not much out. But the girl who found him, Tara, saw a ghostly figure. And Dean is extra hyped now because it turns out that Tara is one of his favorite actresses. And he is on this case, he he's gonna solve this mystery because it might give him an in with a celebrity crush. I low key love the Dean's like <laughs> such a horror buff, uh, like a very low budget horror movie. For yes, him. I love it. For I get the feeling that these <laughs> that are the kind the of thing. movies that he like like would be on TV in the motel room. Yeah. You know, like, he'd be stuck in the motel room with Sam or, like, laid up with an injury or something and all he'd have is the motel TV to entertain him and that's what would be on it so they kind of became, like, a comfort to him. And especially, like, like, he knows what's really out there so they're, like, extra fake and cheesy to him. Like, even more fake and cheesy than they um, feel to 
like us who live in a world without <laughs> those things. That's why I think it's funny. It's so good. I love it. It's one of my favorite little like aspects of Dean's nerdiness that is just adorable. So the boys enter the set on stage nine where we encounter, um, I called him a producer, but I think I did too. he's actually a studio executive. Um, also, he looks really familiar. Let me look up his actor for you real quick. Oh, you know what I think he's from? I think he's also a Disney star. Is he really? Or, like, he was in a Disney movie. Disney Channel movie. Hollywood Babylon. If I'm not mistaken. Characters. I think, His name is Brian. I think he's the dad from Gary Cadet Cole. Kelly. <laughs> yes, um, it is. It's yep. Sir. <laughs> yep. Did you ever see that? I don't think I ever did. With Hillary well, He's Duff. got a whole bunch of NCIS. Recent NCS appearances. That's good on him. Um, like no, he does a lot of voice acting. I don't think I ever did. Yes, it's definitely Cadet Kelly dad. I'm just trying to find. What is with all these dads from Disney Channel shows in this, <laughs> in this episode? episode? Yeah, <laughs> this is great. I didn't even look at the like. It would have been like... Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Oh. Huh. Penguins of Madagascar. He oh. plays Commissioner McSlade. <laughs> it would have been way like he plays the commissioner. <laughs> I don't remember that show. You don't remember Madagascar? Uh-uh. Um, he plays Doctor James Timothy Possible in the Kim Possible series. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's That's a big voice so actor. Great. He's in a lot of hidden cartoons. A lot of appearances in West Wing. Kim Possible, so the drama. List. Yeah, he plays Doctor Possible. Doctor Possible. That's great. Oh my gosh, Cadet Kelly. Yeah, he plays Sir. Yeah, <laughs> you were right. I love Pretty Bunch in the White House. You recognize these actors because I didn't grow up on Disney Channel stuff. <laughs> I never experienced it. That's really funny though. So I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, that, that is bugged really me the fun. Whole time. Um. Oh my gosh. Here's a fun fact for you. So, McGee was the producer of Supernatural, The Pussycat Dolls Present, The Search for the Next Doll, and The O.C., and the director of Charlie's Angel and Charlie's Angel's Full Throttle. The real McGee can be seen standing behind Sam and Dean in the scene where the crew is listening to, like, in-show McGee. When he like uh, calls all the crew around later in the episode, also that's, the I've real McGee is in that I've episode. I've seen McGee listed in the I credits forget. every time. Yeah, and I thought it was MCG. No, it's McGee. Um, Joseph McGinty Nickel. McGee served as executive producer on Supernatural from seasons one through seven through his production company Wonderland Sound and Vision. For seasons eight and nine, he's taken he's taken on the reduced role of executive consultant. Also. He just yeah. goes by McG. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so when we enter the set, this studio executive, Brian, um, <laughs> which is just a funny name for him to have. I don't know why. It just doesn't feel like his name, but I guess it is. Um, he's telling McG and producer Jay that they, the studio wants the film to be brighter, more colorful. Uh, and then Brian points at Dean and is like, hey, you, can you go get me a smoothie from Crafty? And Dean's like, what? And he's like, you're a PA, right? <laughs> and Sam's like, yeah, we'll go get the smoothie. <laughs> and then... I love, this is one of my favorite lines. Dean's like, what is a PA? And Sam says, I, I think, think they're, they're kind of like slaves. slaves. <laughs> He's not entirely wrong. So, um, as the fil- film major that I am, I have my diploma now. I officially have a bachelor's of science in digital film, digital cinema production. Yeah, you got your um, diploma. Yeah, I have diploma? my diploma. Diploma. <laughs> so, um, I can tell you guys, a so, for anybody who doesn't know, a PA or production assistant is an entry-level position on a film or TV set, and their job is essentially go and do. Um, there's lots of nuances to it, and there's a few different titles, but generally they split into office PAs, which work in production office, completing tasks like phones, deliveries, script copies, lunch picks up, pickups, um, and any related tasks that, are, that come along with the coordination of the production manager and production coordinator. And then there are set PAs, which I have actually, like, done a little bit of work as, both on, um, mostly on student films, but I did actually 
do a six hour volunteer stint on the set of CW's Outpost. That's really cool. Um, you never told me that. <laughs> a few semesters ago, which, like, it definitely wasn't a big deal, but, like, I kind of got a little bit of a taste of it. It was kind of fun. Where was that um, at? In Provo. They were in Provo? Yeah, they filmed down in Provo. Really? Yeah. Yeah, one of the sound stages down there. Really? They had, like, a whole big outdoor set and an indoor set. It was That's really cool. cool. Um, so for set PAs, they report to the assistant director department and can be tasked with a variety of things that include echoing, which is, like, when you see in, like, behind the scenes on sets where, like, um, the director will call cut and then a bunch of the crew will say cut, you know, or when the director says, um, going again. We see it in this episode, actually. Um, Dean does it on the comms where he's like, you're going again. Mm-hmm. That's called echoing. Um, it's kind of to pass the message around the entire set, because not everybody is always within earshot of the director. Um, they're also in charge of locking up, which is kind of like making sure that s- people not related to the project don't wander onto set. So, like, I have personally worked locking up a parking lot to make sure that, like, <laughs> civilian cars didn't drive through <laughs> while we were working. Um, wrangling talent, I have also done that. Specifically wrangling extras, which is the AD will get on the comms and be like, hey, we need three women and four guys for this scene. Um, you get them, get some volunteers from the extras tent. And so they'll, like, the PA will go and get them. Um, facilitate, facilitating communication between departments, um, distributing paperwork and radios and other rota- related tasks as mandated by the ADs. This can indeed include fetching food and drink for other crew members. They are usually the first to arrive in the morning and the last to leave at night. Um, so personally, like my tasks as in the few PA things I have done have included echoing, locking up, talent, stand-in, um, distributing water to crew on a hot day, like, literally going to Crafty, grabbing an armful of water bottles, and walking around being like, hey, do you need water? Hey, do you need water? You know, just making sure everybody's good. Um, making signs, picking up food, turning a fridge on and off between takes, um, (laughs) because the, (laughs) we couldn't turn the fridge off and leave it off, and we weren't allowed to, but we could turn it off temporarily (laughs) and plug it back in, um, and holding the director's coffee. (laughs) So, yes. Essentially, they are a little bit like slaves. Generally, on a professional film set, the PAs are paid, which makes me wonder if Dean filled out paperwork at some point in this, (laughs) because he goes, like, full undercover here. (laughs) He's enjoying every minute. He gets real into it, and I'm like, buddy, you better have gotten paid. (laughs) You were a great PA. Um, But yeah. I've mentioned several times yeah. in this episode. <laughs> specifically, specifically by the star. He is one hell of a PA. <laughs> but I love how the boys just walk onto set and find a spot for themselves, specifically Dean. It's so great. Um, but, so we cut to kind of later. Dean is kind of exploring the, the set, and he approaches the scaffolding where this crew member supposedly died. Um, while on set, they start rolling... Um, Tara is chanting a Latin spell with some very interesting pronunciation. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, I wrote, that's like the worst Latin pronunciation I think I've ever heard. And neither of us speak very good Latin. <laughs> or any, really. My Latin experience comes from choir. Yeah. Which is not much, but still, enough to know that she's butchering did, that pronunciation. I did for a hot minute try to learn Latin, because I actually have a copy of The Hobbit, like, Tolkien's Hobbit in Latin, and I wanted to be able to read it, but <laughs> never really learned it. So now it's just kind of a collector piece, except not really a collector piece because you could just buy it at Barnes and Noble. But it's cool to have. Like I've it got a cool. Latin copy of the Hobbit. It's a really beautiful book. Um, but Dean is taking this opportunity while the crew is all distracted with them rolling a take to test the scaffolding for EMF, but he finds nothing. Meanwhile, down on set, Tara messes up her lines, because someone in the else in the cast, I think, fucks with her a little bit. Um, I can't even imagine how weird it must be, as an actor, to act a blooper. <laughs> like, and kind of like... Because most of the time, bloopers are very natural. Like, someone like goofed a line. purposely, like, downplaying... I'm sure her actual acting skills to kind of be like a mediocre a- actor yeah, slash which kind of bad makes actress. her a great actress. <laughs> like it's for really her funny. to sell bad actor so well, like I think she's done a damn yeah. good job. Um, so the boys meet up back at Crafty, and Dean tells Sam that he didn't find EMF, any EMF, 
Uh, and Dean, Sam's like, what do you think about this? And Dean's like, well, being a PA sucks, but the food's great. <laughs> Sam's like, that's not what I was talking about, but okay. Um, Sam has been tasked, meanwhile, with finding out about the dead crew guy, and it turns out that this guy, Frank, was only filling in for the day, and nobody really knew him. Um, however, Sam did do some digging on the history of Stage 9 and found that four people died, like, messy, awful deaths here. They just kind of have to narrow it down. Um, meanwhile, Dean sees his chance. <laughs> Granted, Dean is, like, he's working, but he's fine. He's having fun doing it. Because um, Dean spots Tara going to sit in her chair, and he says that he'll get right on that, like, doing more research on the soundstage, I guess. Um, and he grabs, like, a script and heads her way. He, like, grabs it from a random dude. Yeah, from a random crew member who's got, like, a stack of them. Um, poor Sam. <laughs> He's working so hard, and Dean is, like, pretty girl. <laughs> Dean is still a reliable hunter, even when he's got, like, even when he's, like, crushing on someone, you know? Like, we kind of see this later in the episode, where, like, even though Dean is, like, fucking around and having fun a little bit he is getting stuff done and finding ins that sam isn't getting because sam is not that invested in being a good pa <laughs> honestly i don't know how sam's surviving on this film set i don't know what he's doing when he's not talking to dean because <laughs> he was in the trailer he's doing just <laughs> enough doing research to get by probably and not so much <laughs> <laughs> that anybody really pays attention to him? I don't really know. Um, so Dean comes up, goes up to Tara, and very shyly is like, are you supposed to get one of these? It's my first day. Uh, <laughs> he's really cute. Um, he tells her that she, he's a big fan. Um, she's being very sweet with him. Um, but he nervously asks if she's the one who found the dead guy. Um <laughs> And she, she very quickly backpedals on this and she's like no it's okay no one else really actually wants to talk about what happened it's like they think she's gonna have some kind of like mental breakdown if they even bring it up so like i can understand her like kind of wanting to talk like open up a little bit to this like sweet kind of shy good-looking guy who's just approached her because nobody else will talk to her and yeah. i imagine she's got a lot that she's processing um, and so Dean's like, well, it must have been awful. And she says, yeah, it was. There was a lot of blood. And I saw it. And she says she, she doesn't know what she saw, but she saw this, like, ghostly shape. Um, she just knows that it was definitely there. Oh, this is where we are once again reintroduced to a crew member who actually is, makes an appearance in the cold open. And I forgot to mention him. His name is Walter and he brings her a juice. I think she's drinking Snapple. <laughs> I think it's specifically the Snapple Strawberry Kiwi, which is, in my opinion, the best flavor. Um, the only flavor of Snapple I like. Um, but he kind of slips in, brings her a juice. Um, and Dean asks if Tara knew Frank, and she's like, no, I didn't. Um, nobody really did. But she takes Polaroids of all the crew as part of, like, killing time on set. And she has his picture, which she shows to Dean. Um, who is immediately like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know this guy. So we cut to the house of Gerard St. James, who is not dead and not named Frank Jaffe. Um, <laughs> we get a moment of I Got the World on a String by Frank Sinatra, which is a great song. Very good song. Wait, is this a prank? Yes. I missed this whole part when I How watched. did you miss this whole part? He doesn't die. I was very confused when they were visiting It's a publicity him. stunt. He explains it. So Dean recognized him from pit Tara's picture, because turns out Dean is also a big fan of this guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so wondering. Gerard, like, welcomes him I into his house. that connection. I just saw them at this guy's house, and I'm like, who is this guy? I think <laughs> I was taking notes, and then I got distracted. And you missed it? <laughs> oh, well, Ger Gerard explains it to him. Um, he says it was the idea of the producers. They brought him in to play Frank and fake his death, and that rumors of a haunted film set are also, good. Also, that's really fucked up. For getting for, the word out. Because she's, like, traumatized now. Yeah, exactly. I think Sam even says that. He's like, what about, like, the girl who... Or no, I think Dean does. Um, the ghost was a projection, and Dean asks if... Um, he's like, well, it's, isn't that kind of mean to, like, mess with the cast's head like that? Like, what about the girl who supposedly found your body? And Gerard's like, hey, I don't write the scripts. I just play the parts. <laughs> 
Um, and they, uh, he invites them to come see the play he's in next month. Um, and before they go, Dean asks what it was like working, working with Richard Mole, who is not an actor I am familiar with, but he is a real person. Hmm. Um, I looked him up originally. Let me see. Um, oh, I missed the Dean saying, hey, it's Matt Damon. I'm pretty sure that's not, and Sam being like, I'm pretty sure that's not Matt Damon. <laughs> well, Matt Damon just picked up a broom and started sweeping. He's probably researching a role or something. <laughs> Um, let me see. Where is... Oh, it doesn't really say. Um, maybe a little further down? Mm, yeah, they don't really explain in anywhere in the trivia or minutia of the Super Wiki for this episode who Richard Mole is. I kind of, like, briefly did a Google, because so I was like, is this a real person? And he is a real person. I just don't think I've seen anything he's in. I've never so. heard of him. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to look it up? Uh, if you can, if you want to. What's his name? But Richard Mole. M-O-L-L. Yeah, he's an American actor, perhaps best known for playing the role of... Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon, the bailiff in the NBC sitcom Night Court. Yeah, I've definitely have never seen that. I don't think I've seen any of his stuff. Most notable, the voice of Two-Face and Batman the Animated Series. Huh. huh. Okay. So I may have heard his voice at some point in time, but I don't think I'm really that familiar with his work. He played Joseph Smith in a <laughs> 1977 production of Brigham. Oh, wait, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was his film debut. De <laughs> his film debut was his Joseph Smith and Brigham. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. That is so funny. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. But I've heard of it. Like, I can't think, I don't think you could be a film student in Utah and not have heard of Brigham. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. I don't think I've really I've seen any of his other. He was work. in Jingle All the Way. I haven't seen that. He played a Dementor. Is that what that says? I think they're one of the sidekick of the bad guy in that. Oh, but yes, <laughs> they're called Dementors. <laughs> I kind of remember that. Um, or is he the main bad guy in that? I have Can't no remember. idea. I've never seen Jingle All the Way. Oh, he was in But I'm a Cheerleader. That's like a classic lesbian movie. I was saying, that's movie. a gay one. <laughs> I don't remember who Larry is, but... I haven't, I haven't seen that. He's in Casper. A few of the Casper movies. Huh. I don't... None of these are really ringing any bells. Except for Brigham. I can't believe he played freaking Joseph Smith. That is so funny. The Wait. work in the story is a 2003 <laughs> Mormon mockumentary comedy. <laughs> in reference to Mormon-oriented film, The Work and the Glory. Okay, that's yeah, funny. which is based off of a book series, which my mom, which, I think, owns every single So that's funny. He played of. Joseph Smith, and then he was in a mock Mormon mockumentary as well. That is funny. Okay. Um, Angels with angles. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is oh, this guy Oh my gosh, in? he was in Thomas Kincaid's Christmas Cottage? Apparently. Jared I don't plays know that Thomas is. Kincaid. In that film. Oh, really? literally plays the title character. Yeah, he's a real guy. He's an actor. It's, like, based off of a true story. Huh. I still haven't fucking seen it. I know. I'm bad. I need to watch it. It's been in my... I literally have a copy of it in my Google Drive that's been there for forever that I just haven't watched. But okay. When did... This episode came out in 2007, so... That was the year before Thomas Kincaid Christmas Cottage came out. Oh, are these all his TV mm -hmm. appearances? Yeah, none of these are familiar. Okay. He's um, in the Facts of Life. For but two he's episodes. been in a lot of things, so I'm sure I'm sure audience members are screaming at us, like, "How do you not know who this guy is?" Listen, I grew up under a rock. I don't know about Haley, but I grew up under a rock. I watched the same, like, recorded tapes of PBS 
um, episodes, like PBS Kids episodes, for forever because <laughs> that was what my mom had prepared when we were young because we didn't have cable. Oh, okay. It was in Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, <laughs> for four Never episodes. Seen that. Man, he's been in, like, everything. Spider-Man, Scorpion slash Mac Gargan voice. That must have been the animated series. Yeah, 1997. Okay. Alright, let's get it back into this. Because we were off topic. It was in Smallville. Oh, was he? Mr. Moore. It was just, I think it was just one episode. But yeah. Jensen was in Smallville. Scooby-Doo, Curse of the Lake Monster. <laughs> So I probably have heard his voice. Hmm. Um, oh, he was in Fallout, the nineteen ninety seven one, older one. <laughs> All right, interesting. interesting. Okay, so, like I knew he was a real guy because I did like a brief Google to be like, who the fuck is this? Um, but I didn't really know who he was. Um, so we returned to set, um, and the the crew is doing a scene, and the sound mixer gets some kind of feedback. And when McGee calls cut, the guy's like, sorry, that was no good for sound. So they, they're going again, and they get to work resetting. Um, and while the crew's resetting, um, Brad... Oh, his name's not Brian. His name's Brad. God, I'm tired. I'm pretty sure his name's Brad. Yes, his name is Brad. The, um... The dad from, uh, what's his face? Um, I lost my place in my notes. Okay, Brad tells McGee that the rules of the film aren't really landing for him because he doesn't understand how the ghosts can hear the chanting from hell. Um, <laughs> the writer Marty's like, I'll throw in an explainer, something about superhero, and Brad's like, great, sounds good, ah, I have to go check some messages. He's got a Bluetooth earpiece in this entire episode. Um, my dad had one of those. <laughs> At around the same time period. <laughs> uh, and near the scaffolding where crew member Frank supposedly died, Brad encounters a woman in silent film style makeup and a robe, all black and white with rope marks around her neck. Or around her neck. And Brad thinks she's a cast member and he, he kind of critiques the look because he said the black and white's really great, but he's not sure the rope marks are going to read on camera. He thinks red will be better. Um, and he... he makes no he's like oh I'll talk to McGee about that you know and then he turns away to like keep checking his messages and the woman taps on his shoulder and when he turns back she takes off her robe <laughs> implied to be completely nude underneath and walks up the steps of the scaffolding and I god men because <laughs> my brain is like what the fuck is wrong with this woman but Brad's brain is like Hell yeah. And he <laughs> follows her. <laughs> uh, down on set, they are running the scene with the new explainer line about ghosts having super hearing when Brad's body with a noose around his neck crashes through the ceiling in the middle of set. Very dead. Uh, well, not quite yet, but he's definitely dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we cut to um, the next day. They are filming another scene, and Marty, the writer, asks Jay, the producer, if they should be still filming, and Jay's like, hey, we had a moment of silence at breakfast. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> it's all about the money and getting things done on time. Um, Tara is struggling with the scene and asks if they can call cut, uh, which is gets us our first glimpse at Dean, who has fully embraced his new career as production assistant. Um, and this this is where I might note that he should definitely be paying for the be getting paid for this work. Yeah. Um, Tara says she doesn't really understand the choice of salt as a thing that ghosts would be afraid of. Which Dean's like, yeah, no, it doesn't really make that much sense. <laughs> <laughs> so McGee's like, I don't know, Marty, what do you think? And they kind of start going back and forth about something that makes more sense. And while they are doing this, Walter the PA who gives Tara her juices. Her snapples, I'm pretty sure they're snapples, um, is clearly very the upset. Snapple guy. <laughs> the snapple guy. He's clearly very upset by this discussion and storms off as Sam arrives. Um, Sam just comes in and out of this episode to deliver news and at one point to be really fucking snarky, <laughs> um, which is great. I love it. But we don't got any Sam. <laughs> this episode is a little more, I think, about giving Sam like space to heal. 
mm-hmm. and letting Dean, well, like, burying himself in work and processing, and Dean being like, okay, well, I'll bury myself in this work and have a really great time. Have fun. I don't know where Sam is. I think he's in this trailer that they go to later. Also, how did they get that trailer? <laughs> I guess it's just being unused. I have no idea. It's very convenient. Um, <laughs> Sam asks how it's going, and Dean's like, it's going good. Terrace really stepped things up. <laughs> Sam's like, no, I mean the job, you idiot. <laughs> like, uh, Dean, or he's like, I thought you hated being in PA. And Dean, who is standing there with a belt and a headset and the whole thing, is like, I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm part of the team, which is exactly the vibe that, like, that's what I felt when I was being a PA, too. Like, I got a pe- earpiece and a walkie, and I was like, I'm only here for six hours, and this is the best, best six hours of my life. <laughs> I stood outside in the cold on concrete and gravel, fetching extras, but I had a freaking comms system. <laughs> I felt like it was like, it was like the coily, clear wire thing. It, oh, it was cool. <laughs> I felt neat. So, <laughs> I understand Dean's feeling. Um, but so Sam went to the morgue and Brad is definitely dead. Um, but it takes Sam three tries to get through the line. I love that he just keeps trying to say the same thing, which is relatable. I definitely do that when like I'm saying something specific and I get interrupted. I have to say it the exact way I was planning to say it. Otherwise my brain just doesn't want to, um, Dean keeps getting interrupted to talk to someone through his headset, but eventually Sam gets the message across, and Dean brings Sam over to the sound mixer, um, who plays for them the distorted audio from the day before. Um, it's definitely EVP, and suddenly Dean is getting EMF, and welcome to an actual haunting. <laughs> we have an actually haunted set. <laughs> So the boys sneak into a trailer, which I'm guessing they must have just been staying in this trailer because I don't know where the fuck they're staying otherwise, um, the, but to watch the footage of Brad's death, which is so fun. Um, so Dean got it from a crew member who has a thing with a guy who does the dailies, and so that guy made Dean an extra copy of the dailies. I love how <laughs> Dean's like getting little ins with the crew is proving to be really useful for this case, because at first, like... Sam kind of, like, is brushing him off a little bit, like, oh, he's just, like, really excited about nerding out on film set stuff, you know? But then you get how Dean's, like, finding a place within the crew has actually, like, benefited them mm-hmm. on this hunt. Um, but they play the scene, and in a brief moment, right at the end, you can see the woman in a robe standing on set. Um, and this is where Dean brings up another rumored to be haunted film set which is three men and a baby Um, that that was haunted it had there's a moment where they say you can see the ghost of a boy in the background of a scene nobody remembers a boy of that description on set Hmm. um interesting so and this is kind of where i would like to do a little i have this article from the independent uk of some scary films that were supposedly cursed (laughs) Some of them aren't that excited, or that exciting. Um, I did not know this one. The um, William Castle, the producer of Rosemary's Baby, was convinced that the that the film was cursed. After its release, he was hospitalized with kidney stones and experienced hallucinations, claiming to have seen the film's lead character approaching him with a knife. The following year. The director's wife, Sharon Tate, was killed in the Family Manson murders. I had no idea that her husband was the director of Rosemary's Baby. That's a very popular, well-known case within the true crime community, is the Manson family murders. I mean, because it's friggin' Charles Manson. He was a cult leader. Um, I think The Exorcist is a really common one that people hear about a lot, um, because Ellen Burst detailed a terrifying incident in which a fire burned the majority of the film set to the ground. Um, Wow. Yeah. So, despite it destroying the interiors depicting the McNeil family's home, it somehow left the bedroom of the possessed Reagan inexplicably untouched. Also played by Linda Blair, who was in Supernatural. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Who was in Supernatural. Um, Of course, we have classic poltergeist. Child star Oliver Robbins claimed he nearly died after being choked by the arms of the evil puppet featured in the film. 
a few years sorry, after what? the film was released, young actor Heather Rourke, Heather O'Rourke, sorry, died from cardiac arrest and septic shock caused by misdiagnosed intestinal stenosis at the age of 12. So I think that's one of the most famous, like, curse sets. Um, oh, what were some other ones today? Twilight Zone, huh? Yeah. So tragedy hit the Twilight's the Twilight Zone movie when director John Landis, who fell out with co-director Steven Spielberg due to unsafely cutting too many corners during production, pushed ahead with a stunt despite windy conditions. When a helicopter flew out of control, it came crashing down onto the precise position where actor Vic Morrow and two child stars um, were were standing, and they were all killed by the whirring blades and falling debris. Um, the set, the incident which saw Landis acquitted of manslaughter charges led to greater regulations on onset safety. I don't think that's necessarily haunted. That's more that someone was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, actor Laura Harrington said about Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive, you always felt like someone was going to die on this set. Uh, the cursed, quote-unquote, cursed film saw near-death experiences for cameramen and stuntmen, as well as a hurricane which hit the set during production. Uh, <laughs> so, there's some fun, some interesting ones. Um, oh, here we go. The Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who starred in 2012 horror film The Possession, didn't believe in ghosts before filming started, but walked away convinced they are real. According to the film stars, odd occurrences plagued the set, which included the explosion of light bulbs and cold breezes following them around. The possessed <laughs> box at the heart of the film was later destroyed in a storage facility fire. Huh. Yeah. Um. Gosh. I think that most of the other ones aren't quite as interesting. But. Um, well, we have Annabelle. We have Annabelle in 2014. Annabelle's director claimed to have seen three fingers drawn through dust on set multiple times, because it, which is terrifying because the demonic doll has three fingers. Uh, and the producer, Peter Sa- Sarfran, I think is how you say his last name, went on to tell The Hollywood Reporter about some strange ongoings. We shot in this amazing old apartment building near Koreatown, and we had some funky stuff going on. In particular, the first day that the demon was shooting in full makeup, we brought him up the elevator. He walks out and walks around to the green room where we're holding the talent, and just as he walks under, the entire glass light fixture falls on his head. In the script, the demon kills the janitor in that hallway. It was totally freaky. That is terrifying. I guess I didn't realize that Annabelle is a Conjuring spinoff. Um, I don't know either. Apparently, the 2018 Nun, the um, director Corin Hardy says he saw two men in a room he was filming it in the castle in Romania. After completing the take, he turned to the men, assuming them to be members of the crew, but they were gone. They would have had to pass him to leave the room. <laughs> That's not scary. I mean. <laughs> If it's the old castle, I'm sure it is Yeah, haunted. definitely haunted. But the two men and a baby one is one of the ones I had heard about. I've like I've seen the clip. And I don't know if it necessarily looks like a person. It kinda of just looks like some shadowy to me. I don't know. It doesn't really look like a little boy to me. But some people think it is actually the ghost of a little boy that was haunting the set. But they don't know like who the little boy is. Hmm. So yeah. Interesting. Haunted film sets are pretty like popular, like lore-wise within Hollywood. Like, because a haunted film set gives you, like they literally say in this episode, like, a haunted film set gets attention on your movie. So it could be a shitty movie, but if you've got some crazy stuff going down on set, people are gonna want to watch it. Yeah. Um, okay, so back in the episode, though, Sam has recognized the woman from the video. Um, and so we cut to a little later. Dean is getting a new battery for his mic pack, um, or a brick, as it is sometimes called on set. Uh, a hot brick is a fully charged battery. Fun fact for you. And Sam has found this woman. She is a young actress who killed herself in the 30s after being wooed and then dumped and fired by a studio executive. She hung herself from the stage nine rafters during the middle of a scene. <laughs> is this uh, a real thing no, to happen or did I they make it no. up this is i'm pretty sure this is all made up for the episode um yeah i'm pretty sure most of this is all made up for the episode i don't know 
I can't. I didn't really read the minutia and trivia as well as I usually would have. <laughs> so we cut to though later though the crew is wrapping up for the night and producer Jay kind of walks off to I guess I take some phone calls because he acts like he's leaving but he doesn't actually leave set. Um, meanwhile, the boys have found this starlet's grave at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Um, Sam kind of ponders why she might be acting up after 75 years, but they still dig up and burn her bones. While meanwhile, back on set, um, this producer, Jay Wiley, is wandering around when the lights turn off. Um, and he's, so he's wandering through this dark set, trying, like, searching for someone to help him get out, because <laughs> it's, it's dark. Um, and he sees movement, thinks it's crew, and asks to be shown to the exit, and we get the most icky special <laughs> effects makeup of this whole fucking episode. Oh yeah. my god. It is very nice. It's nasty. Um, well, Jay is killed after being pulled into a large stage fan. Uh, that blood splatter onto the flag. Be- back also with very classic gross. blood splatters yes. from season one. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get, like, dragged through a gigantic... Fed set of fan blades. Uh, but yeah. And then we cut to a trailer for the film, <laughs> which is so fucking cheesy. Oh my god. It's so bad. It's so bad. I love it. The editors must have had a, a heyday. It's fun to do bad editing on purpose. Also, it's fun. I forgot to talk about earlier how you start to like watch the process of the script changing a little bit here oh, and there. Oh, yeah. We get to we get some more glimpses at it because we get the um because they're talking to like the script writer he's like this doesn't really make sense like can you explain or yeah something? like because oh, we they get, had super hearing yeah we get Brad being like I don't understand how the ghosts can hear them in hell yeah which is and a dumb Marty question being like anyways. oh throw in an explainer so he does and then, they have super hearing <laughs> and then we get the whole salt and they're like I'm not married to salt <laughs> and they're like. What ghosts be afraid of? Like, chili peppers? <laughs> like, what? It's so great. And then you so hear, great. like, the actors doing the updated script. Like, that doesn't really make funny. any more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. It's great. It's great. I love it. Um, so, cut to the next day, though. Um, the boys have arrived on set to discover this murder. I don't think they discovered the body, but they've discovered that a murder has occurred. Um, or a death, at least. And Sam says that the same thing happened to a guy back in 1966. This definitely wasn't the starlet, because her motive, like, her, her MO is hanging people. So it looks like they're dealing with another ghost. Um, this is where McGee arrives on set and calls the crew in to explain they'll be shutting down production for a few days to cooperate with authorities. This is the scene where, if you look closely, you can see the real McGee in the background behind Sam and Dean, which is, I think is great. That's funny. Um, but he says they owe it to Brad and Jay to keep going and finish the film. But not today. <laughs> Go home. Someone will call you. <laughs> so, back in their borrowed trailer, Sam is bored out of his mind watching dailies. Apparently, he's been doing this for six hours when Dean comes in. Dean found out that the electrician from the 60s was cremated, and Sam's like, maybe the ghosts are trying to shut down the movie because they think it sucks. Because it <laughs> does. <laughs> it's not wrong. Oh, this is where I was like, has Sam even been working on this set? Like, he's not as into it as Dean is. Like, Sam doesn't really seem to be as much of a film buff, or at least specifically not a horror film buff. Like, what is he doing all day long? <laughs> He's doing something, right? He's doing research, yeah. I think. But while they're watching one of the scenes where Tara is doing some very bad Latin, um, <laughs> Sam notices that the Latin is actually a real summoning ritual. So they go to um, writer Martin's office, uh, to confront him, and they're like, oh, we've read the script, it's really great, so good, and Sam's like, I really love that you included these authentic summoning rituals, and Martin's like, what? <laughs> no. And he, we learned that he didn't write the original script, that all the authentic rituals in the script are what remains of the one written by Walter Dixon, um, who is the guy that keeps bringing Tara her snapples. Um... <laughs> He is not, in fact, a PA. He just has a clause in his contract that allows him to be on set. Um, so we get to later, the boys are reading Walter's original script, which is apparently really good, but according to Sam, reads like a how-to for conjuring and controlling ghosts. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> and it looks like Walter is pissed at these people for wrecking his movie. Uh, 
which is actually a common thing that I've heard screen artists could deal with. Like, if you sell kind of the rights to your film, to your script, like, they can do whatever they want with it. They can f- totally fuck it up. It could never get made. It'll end up sitting in a box somewhere. I mean, you got paid for it, but it'll never see the light of day, you know? Yeah. Things get stuck in development hell. Things get canceled. It's... Being a screenwriter is a tough gig. Poor Martin. Um, though, <laughs> being a screenwriter and having, like, producers shit all over your movie doesn't mean you get to go murder people via ghost. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a weird way to go about it, but It's okay. a really weird method, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, so we cut to set where Walter has lured Martin in to talk, and he is upset about Martin ruining his script. Um, and he holds up this talisman and does a chant that summons the same ghost that killed um, Jay, the producer. And the ghost is dragging Martin towards a fan when the boys arrive and shoot him with rock salt. Oh yeah, this is where we get the first, you're a hell of a PA. <laughs> I know. I love dude. Um, Sam tries to like reason with Walter. He's like, you're playing with fire. Walter's like, listen, I put everything I am into this script and they ruined it. Which like, as a writer, I feel that. Like, when you shit, like, it's it's why it's so hard often for writers and artists in general to, like, share their creations with people because you literally are putting little bits of your soul yeah. into this finished As product. As a writer, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, but it doesn't it's a really murder. <laughs> budget, like, B-movie, really so what are you expecting? Apparently his original <laughs> one was really good, so, I mean, he if he landed a better production company maybe they would have really done justice to it but um he tells the boys to leave and they won't so he does another chant which summons the ghost of other people who've died on set um before dean can shoot them i do not know why he waits to shoot them they disappear um one of them throws sam dean helps him up and they run into the house set where they very quickly realize it doesn't actually have four walls (laughs) martin's like how the fuck are ghosts real (laughs) How is Martin, how's Walter controlling him? Sam's like, I think it's a talisman. And this is where he gets an idea, remembering the ghost that they picked up, that was picked up on the dailies when the studio executive died. And he pulls out his phone. His um, little, his little phone thing. It's a, like a, it's like a Blackberry. Blackberry, a Verizon Blackberry. <laughs> With oh, a tiny little camera. You get the little Verizon logo in the top corner. <laughs> the close-ups on the phone literally kill me. They are so I, funny. Like, I it's very clearly, when... like, superimposed over the footage of, like, Dean shooting. And, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's I can't. I remember when Blackberries were all the rage. Oh, my dad had one. Um, my mom had one. Yeah. But I just, I just can't with the way that the footage is edited, because it's very clear that they, like, filmed, like, Dean taking his shots at the ghosts and stuff, and then they filmed, like, the Blackberry, probably on, like, a green screen, and then they, like, really superimposed, <laughs> like, the Blackberry with the film footage, like, on the Blackberry screen, so it's, like, over Dean shooting, and then there's, like, Dean shooting on the screen, too, and just something about the way that it all, like, fits together just isn't quite right, and it kills me but also just the extreme close-up on the phone camera i it's so funny it's so funny um but the boys start using the the camera as a way to locate and shoot the ghosts before um sam catches a glimpse of walter like running away and so he hands the phone over to martin who is way too hyped for this much too hyped he loses that hype in a minute (laughs) um Sam faces after Walter and catches up to him and confronts him, but before Sam can do anything, Walter makes the absolutely not thought out decision to destroy the talisman, which, of course, frees the pissed off spirits who then turn on him and kill him. Very violently, I might add. And did someone did not, someone did just enough research to be dangerous, but not enough to actually, like, keep himself safe yeah (laughs) just enough to be dangerous not enough to be smart that's a very good way of putting it oh my gosh (laughs) martin holding the phone up to see the ghosts killing walter and then being like never mind (laughs) it's too good (laughs) something about the actor who plays walter and just the way of his character just cracks me up he's just hilarious um so we cut to later uh, the production of the movie continues. Martin it's has really funny. <laughs> incorporated his experience with the the ghosts into the script. 
Which, uh, which, which Sam is like, is like a burst of genius writing. <laughs> yeah, and Sam's like, really? You learned ghosts are real and this is what you do with it? And he's like, what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> which, fair enough. He's a writer. He, yeah. He's yeah. gonna use it as inspiration. Use it as inspiration. <laughs> he can write what he knows now, and now he knows ghosts. <laughs> so. they're, they're just recreating it with the uh, with the phone and shooting yeah, with the rock salt. Go phone and <laughs> rock really salt. Funny. It's great. Um, Dean or Sam leaves the set though, and he finds Dean emerging, slightly disheveled, very happy from Tara's trailer. And we get another "You're one hell of a PA," <laughs> and then he just says, "Thank you." <laughs> like, Dean, <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love that we got like nerdy kind of dorky film geek theme throughout this movie but we also still or movie episode wow <laughs> the filming of the, the movie. movie but but we also get dean being a little the like, classic horn dog gets the girl in the end dean and obviously she doesn't actually know what he did like tara was not there she did not he did not save the girl he just gets the girl <laughs> because he's he's cute and nice <laughs> and not too traumatized at this point um <laughs> not as scary as he probably should be um but the boys walk off into the sunset together before said sunset is wheeled out of the way and revealed to be another hollywood prop uh and that is the end of this episode um i fucking love this episode. episode it's such a good episode it's really it's a little bit of a jarring shift from heart which leaves you with which you need a that heart. Fucking oh my god! I hope I didn't scare you guys too bad by putting the um audio that I did at the end of that episode. What audio did you put? I so I took what I did was I took the song itself and then I took like a bit of the song from the end of the episode, like from after they stopped talking, and I kind of like mushed them together, cut them together so it fit nicely. Um, but so the episode before it goes into our outro music ends with the. The gunshot. The actual gunshot audio. Babe. From heart. <laughs> It'd be brutal. Jeez. I was feeling mean. <laughs> and really creative. I had fun with it, though. I had real fun with it. Um, I, I also have had fun really editing. I don't to our episodes, so I don't know what editing choices you make. You're always, like, really, if we, when we have time, like, I'm totally down with uploading them onto the Google Drive so you can listen to them and give me your feedback and thoughts and stuff, like... That's okay, I trust your editing. You do a good job. <laughs> no, but if you wanted to have a little more say. Mm, I like that mind. you tell me what you do, though. Because <laughs> yeah, I get a little creative with it, and then I have a lot of fun. <laughs> I had some fun editing at together the music leave, for next week's episode, too. If you leave in my burps, at least you tell me. I do. I do. <laughs> there are some early episode burps that were left in purely by accident because <laughs> markers didn't, like, transfer over when I switched editing softwares. <laughs> I, I think I caught one When of I those. switched from... I did listen to, the, like, the first two episodes. I when I switched from Audacity, which is what we recorded our first, like, six or seven episodes on, to Audition to, like, edit that, those, the markers that I had put... <laughs> On burps and sneezes and stuff. Remember. They didn't transfer. Listening. So I missed things. <laughs> I think it was the first episode and all of a sudden you just like. <laughs> no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was an interesting editing choice. I didn't mean to. It was accidental. It made me I didn't laugh really hard. It was, it was pretty funny in hindsight, but, like, when I realized what I'd done, then I had scared too thing. many of you away with the first couple episodes. Oh, my God. I usually... We're not that gross <laughs> to leave it in on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, not that gross. Like, we regularly have, like, multiple markers throughout an episode. Some markers. This time Yes. This time was all Haley. Which is surprising. strange reason. It's usually you. Because I'm the one who's had soda today. Um, but... Yeah, this time it's all Haley. But, like, I always make sure to take them out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Back on topic. I love this episode. This is a very good episode. It's not a very... But it is kind of a jarring shift from heart, which is, like, devastating, to this. It's nice to have Which is very, like, light. Comedic, more lighthearted yeah. episode. Yeah. It's, and it's really good fun. And you, I do You just think... have, like, Dean hamming it up, like, the oh, whole time. He's, he's, he's such a cutie. He's adorable. I should say Jensen hamming it up the whole time. He's having too much fun. <laughs> um, 
And I'm assuming Sam, like, processing his trauma somewhere while bitching about shitty horror movie dailies. He's also being very sassy this episode. He's very sassy this episode. (laughs) Uh, He is all about the little brother sass this episode. I love it. Um, It's a great episode. But uh, this episode doesn't really have anything too deep to talk about. Um, We do get, like, obviously Dean trying to, like, distract Sam from what was clearly a very upsetting experience. Stuff like that, which is some good brother, good big brother shit. Um, but it's not a super in-depth episode. Neither, to be honest, is Folsom Prison Blues, which is next week. I love Folsom Prison Blues. Prepare for me to talk about how good Sam looks a lot. Because <laughs> nobody should look that good in a orange prison jumpsuit. Especially considering the fact that Jensen is the one who had his jumpsuit tailored. (laughs) Not Jared. (laughs) Of course he does. I know. I love him. He's so great. But yeah, next week we are covering Folsom Prison Blues, and I'm very excited, and I already have my notes ready, which is great. Also, we're going to talk about haunted prisons. Yes! Haley's going to do some research on haunted prisons. Obviously the most famous one is Alcatraz. Alcatraz spooked me out. I've been to Alcatraz. I've also been to Alcatraz. Alcatraz spooked me out. We went in the middle of the day and I was still like, "Mm, don't like this. There was a weird vibe there. It's definitely weird vibes. Also, um... It's the trauma in the walls. The whole, um escape from Alcatraz, but it, like, happened, no one knew what happened to the guys that yeah, actually that escaped. Yeah, that freaked me out a little you bit, You can too. see the hole where they dug out. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and, like, the actual, like, paper mache heads that they made to, yeah. like, put in their beds. Okay, we'll get into Alcatraz <laughs> next week, because both of us have been, and both of us find it very fascinating. I'm pretty sure that's the only abandoned cool. prison I've ever been to. So. Yeah, it's definitely the only one I've ever been to. Um, but, yes, next week is going to be Folsom Prison Blues and Haunted prisons, which there are many of in this country. Oh, yeah. So many. Not just in this country, Um, all over the world. (laughs) Yes, but specifically in the U.S., there are way too many. Yeah. Um, That's a topic for another day. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you've heard and you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places, Any basically anywhere you can find a podcast. And if we're not on your favorite podcast app, shoot me a message i'll see what i can do i can't guarantee anything but i'll do my best um also please if you are able to rate and review the podcast on itunes it really helps the algorithm it helps other listeners find the podcast gets us onto their feeds um and if you have any fellow supernatural fans please tell them about us um if you want to reach out you can find the pod on twitter at talk about sam pod on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast. I am actually posting on Instagram these days. I've been posting. I've Wait, been what? reposting. <laughs> really? I've been reposting our TikToks <laughs> as Instagram reels uh, to like smart. give us content, which is fun. So, and then you can also find us on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. Um, if you want to follow me specifically on Twitter, I am Little Red Who Could and The Little Red Who Could on Tumblr and Haley. My love, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at on 3 which I've gained, actually, quite a few new followers. Have you? So thank you. Aww. I mean, by quite a few, I mean, like, three or four. Yeah, <laughs> so, you but know, I still, mean, that's for someone for me. who has no followers, that's a lot. <laughs> so thank you. I've noticed some of you have, like, Supernatural Stan or fan in your username. Aww, and that's so fun! Bio, so I know you guys are coming from the podcast. Aww. So thank you. Even That's though I'm so the supernatural noob, I'm still happy to talk supernatural with you. Please don't spoil her. And all her. things nerdy. <laughs> Please don't spoil her. Um, so thanks for the <laughs> follows. And also I'm on Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. We have gotten a little bit of interaction on Tumblr. I posted uh, that... Um, I have not been as uh, active I posted on a, a thing last Sunday being like, hey, sorry, there's not going to be an episode this week. And someone in the comments was like, oh, that's no problem. Like it gives us the, the, like that gives everybody who's behind a chance to like catch up and oh, yeah, I saw like that. take care of yourself. Was, like that was on Twitter. Wasn't there it? was someone on Twitter, yeah, but there was also someone on Tumblr that was like, "Take care of yourself. I hope the New Year is kinder to you soon." And I was like, "You're so sweet. <laughs> You've been very so, understanding." Hello so to that you. person, but also yeah, hello to everybody who was very kind to us on Twitter. We kind of have had a rough start to the year. Um, and we both got sick. <laughs> yeah, we both got sick over the holidays, and we've both been kind of getting over that, and it's just been really We're both rough. Student job stuff. And We're both job hunting, and it's. Because guess who's looking for another new job? Surprise. surprise. Oh, it was fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's just been 
It's just been a really stressful start to 2022, and we have also, been really kind of struggling. For also, we're planning together. to move in together this year, Finally. so like we need a, we need jobs and apartment and things like that. So it's been kind of crazy, and we've been a little bit struggling, but we are doing better. We are feeling better, and it feels nice to be back and recording because honestly, I really fucking missed it. This is the first time we've recorded together in like three or four weeks. Yeah, because our last time... episode we recorded over Discord. Yeah, we did it over Discord. Yeah, but it feels really nice. It feels really nice. I mean, my back is not mad, not pleased with me, but my back is never pleased with me. So, you win some, you lose some. Um, I miss recording yeah. with you. I miss recording with you. Mwah. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) I forgot how to end the recording for... (laughs) Hang on. while since we've done this and i don't really know how to do it anymore (laughs) it's been like it has been a while it's been two weeks several weeks it's been too long oh i thought it was 19 no 19 is Folsom prison blues to We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering season two, episode 18, Hollywood Babylon. I'm Kenzie. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, she's dying. I oh, no. Have choking when I was trying to say. <laughs> this is Haley. <laughs> I'm Haley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute. It threw me off because you said you were listening to. Oh, did I say you're listening to again? I mean, you can do it. It just, just threw me off because I'm like, wait. Yeah. That's not what you normally say. Okay. Well, do your intro. This. Wait. What do I say? I'm, I'm Haley. Haley. I'm Haley.